Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. Recently, I've been hearing from a bunch of designers looking to add renovation management services to their firm. And this is an exciting opportunity to broaden your scope for your clients, becoming a one-stop shop, and in my opinion, adding a really fun element to our business. Now, whether you are new to the industry itself, coming out of design school, I've heard from a few of you, whether you are trying to build a second career in life, or whether you are a seasoned designer that has just customarily been doing decorating work. I've heard from all of you, and there are ways that each of you can be implementing steps to build the knowledge and confidence that you will need in order to add this service to your clients. And that's what I want to tackle today. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. As I just said, I have been hearing from a lot of designers recently at all points in their career, but looking for advice on how to add renovation management services to their firm. And that makes sense, right? It is another avenue designers can take on to complement their decorating work. And it's one that I highly recommend, not only because I really truly enjoy the work, but also because it is a stable and lucrative income stream for a designer to add to her business and who doesn't want to do that. But first, I do want to just circle back and say how much I love interacting and hearing from all of you. It's truly the case. And actually, another woman was DMing me over the weekend and I responded and she said, oh my gosh, I didn't think you would actually get back to me. But she had asked me very specific questions. So I kind of felt badly. I was like, well, of course I would get back to you. But even if you don't send me questions, I always get back to you. I love hearing from each of you. I've heard ideas for new podcasts. I've been asked follow-up questions. I've been told they've been listening when they jump from job site to job site from people who are currently doing renovation management work. And I just love hearing from each of you. As I've said before, designers traditionally work in small offices, more often than not by themselves. So you tend to get in your own bubble and not necessarily have the interaction with fellow designers to learn and grow from. And this avenue has been really exciting. And I, I just can't thank those of you enough who've reached out to me. And for those of you who've been thinking about it, please go ahead. I'm ready and available to answer any and all of your questions. But most of the questions seem to be hovering in the last couple of weeks about how to build this experience, how to get confident and comfortable running renovation projects for their clients. And I get it. I mean, I had one woman say, I just finished graduate school and I didn't learn any of that in there. And 
to be fair to the graduate schools out there, I didn't learn most of my skills in the classroom either. I learned a lot from one specific drafting teacher, and yes, that does date myself, but she really had this passion for empowering the women in her class to feel and be an equal with architects. Now, clearly she was working out something that probably happened in her own personal career. And given the decades that I know she worked in the city, yeah, it was probably pretty tough for her to be treated as an equal by architects back then because it was and still is a predominantly male industry. So most of my quote, working knowledge came from working. And it really is as simple as that. Now, I was very young. I had just finished graduate school. And so I went and worked for a firm. And so my path was first started by working for other design firms. And yes, I started as the lowly librarian at my first job and learned an immense amount about resources. And of course, decorating resources, but also renovation resources, because I always made sure that the firms I took a position with did construction management. It was just a passion I knew I really enjoyed, wanted to learn more, and therefore my skills and my experience and my confidence grew. Now that is not always possible, and I get that. I don't know the statistic, but I do know that a significant number of designers in our country or probably around the world, that it's their second career, that they started doing whatever the case may be, got a certain percentage through that career and decided, you know what, there's an itch I want to scratch and it's my creative side and I want to go out and do design work. And so it's probably not realistic to think that someone at that point in life is going to start out as the design assistant or a librarian in a design firm. And honestly, I'm not even sure they have librarians anymore because so few manufacturers and vendors produce the volume of books and fabric samples that I used to have to contend with on a daily basis. And then I have designers reach out to me who have their own firms. Well, obviously, If they have their own firm, they're not looking to go work for another firm. And so how do they learn the skills they need to implement this service into their business? And quite frankly, there are a variety of things that each and every one of you at any stage of your career that you can be doing now to build that rapport with referral companies, to build that experience, to build that confidence that you will need in order to take on bigger and bigger projects each step of the way. So the first one I just said, go work for another firm. And to be honest, if you can, that would be my number one suggestion. You will learn vast amounts of information. And frankly, you will have zero responsibility if the shit hits the fan. And I'll be honest, I was a part of those. Sure, I made mistakes. But my company managed it. They sometimes caught it before it truly was a mistake. And if they didn't catch it in time, it didn't get docked out of my pay, or I didn't get fired by the client, or the client didn't refuse to pay. It just was a part of the learning process. And the women I worked for, and yes, I only worked for women in my career, they absorbed that as a cost of doing business. And I absorbed all of that information as lessons learned to not do again. 
right? So that is probably the best way you can learn the most, probably the quickest. Also, a lot of these firms have multiple designers or senior designers running projects. So you can be learning and seeing multiple projects run by different people. And trust me, jobs are run differently depending on the person running the job. And you can learn so much by observing from up close, but yet not full responsibility level. And there is a lot of value in that. Okay, so if you're young, that's what I want you to do. If you're new to the industry and can do that, that's what I want you to do. There are so many design firms, in particular in the big cities in this country. Go out there, find the best firm you can that has the highest reputation, that does this type of work in addition to the decorating work, and go get that job. Now, you may only be there a year. And funny story, my father, who was a career banker, used to freak out when he saw that my resume was getting very long on one page. And then he literally lost his mind when I went on to a second page. Now, mind you, this was in the 90s and everyone had paper resumes. And he said, you can't have two pages. It it makes you look unemployable. It makes you look like you can't stick around with a company and show loyalty. And I heard him out because, of course, he meant this as out of concern for his daughter. But I said, Dad, take a look at this. I work in firms that have four or five people. Every job listed is a promotion. And in order to get that promotion, either I stay in the firm where I was and someone above me leaves, or I move on to a new firm. And again, Chances are they're not going to leave their position, so I had to move on. So it became quite a running joke, actually, until I started my own company. But I did move probably almost every year, year and a half, probably no more than two years if I think about it, because I had learned what I needed to learn and I moved on. I got that promotion. I went to a bigger firm, whatever the case may be. So if you are going to be starting out, don't think this is a 10-year adventure because it doesn't have to be. Get in there, absorb what you can, and then move on. Whether that means out on your own, if you feel the confidence that is there to take on that next step, or move on to another firm at another level, higher up on the ladder, and learn that next level of work, right? So that is what I would say is the best way to learn the business. One, you get to see multiple projects all at one time run by multiple personalities, and you aren't responsible if anything does go wrong. Wow, that's the bonus in all of that. But that is not a reality for everyone, and I get that. And so what do you do if you're sitting there going, well, Renee, that's not going to be me. I can't do it. I can't afford to take those jobs. Because trust me, those jobs will not pay much. Or you say, I don't live in a big city. There aren't any firms big enough to hire me. All of those factors will have to come into play. But there are other solutions. So, of course, you can do your own projects. And I have done that. When I moved out of Manhattan and back to my home state of Delaware, I knew a few of the big construction companies, but I didn't know the mid-sized guys. I didn't know the best plumbers, the best electricians. Now, my parents were living here and they had plumbers and electricians. So those started out as my shortlist. But I bought an old house built in the 1900s that had been neglected and pretty much untouched for probably 30 years. And I gutted it. Now, again, I had that ability. I was young, I was single, and it was what I loved to do. 
And I tested out all these vendors on my own home. And trust me, several of them were fired during the project because they didn't expect a woman of my age to have the experience and knowledge that I had. And I could call their bluff when they were trying to BS me. So that was a great experience for me. And it took about a year and almost a year and a half to get that house from start to finish. And I was extremely proud of that. And it's super fun to do your own project because you don't have to contend with anyone else's opinions, anyone else's design aesthetic. You simply just get what you want so long as it fits in your budget and gain access to a whole group of contractors, depending on the project you take on, that you can not only learn from because they will teach you along the way, particularly if you tell them what you're trying to do. But also that becomes your shortlist of the guys you lean on when your next client says, I need a plumber or let's take on that bathroom renovation. Do you know guys? You say, I sure do. And you can speak from your own personal experience. It does go a long way when a client hears that you personally had these guys working in your home. It shouldn't, but for some reason, it does elevate that referral that much more. And so take advantage of that. Now, I have had people tell me, well, I'm going to do a job for a girlfriend of mine or my neighbor. And I'll be honest, I have never done that. I shouldn't say that. I have worked for friends, but that was after years of experience and it was on a professional level. What I'm referring to is when a friend says, oh, you know, why don't you help me with my bathroom? And then you can photograph it at the end. And that is typically really well-intended and they mean for it to be a successful end. But if you have very little experience in running a bathroom renovation, it could turn into a massive nightmare. And why do I say that? Because I've heard of the massive nightmares that have come out of those situations. Now, I'm sure it probably all boils down to miscommunication because, again, you're working with someone that you consider a friend and or a neighbor, and I just don't recommend doing that. I think the learning curve shouldn't be learned on someone that is in your personal orbit. The best way I describe it is I try to keep my personal life personal and my business life business. And I'm sure you're wondering, that doesn't make any sense, Renee. You just told me you work for friends. And that is true. I do work for friends. I'll be honest. And I do have friends listening. So don't take this personally. I don't love working for friends because it is extremely hard to, you know, compartmentalize when you're in your friend's house and you're there for a plumbing meeting. And then you're wandering through the kitchen, a kitchen that you've been in 20 times you know, over the years and not stop and gab about something. So actually, quick aside, if that does happen, I only bill for the time that I was speaking with the plumber. So then it's up to me to say, okay, I don't have a meeting for another hour and a half, so I can sit here and chit chat for a half an hour. But it does blur the lines between friendship and a business relationship. And so while I will do it, it is by no means something I recommend you build an entire business model on, but also in small towns like where I am, it's hard to avoid. So to say, go ahead and avoid them all is, is also not realistic, but there is a delicate way of handling it so that you can be both a friend and the interior designer all at the same time. But I just don't want you to guinea pig your experience, your services 
onto a friend, even if they say they understand it, I have a feeling it will sour just the way I heard all these other stories have soured over the years. And I just don't see potentially losing or damaging a friendship being worth that cost, right? Because here we are discussing other ways that you can build this experience. And again, like I said, if you can, go work for another firm. And if you can't, start doing projects yourself. Then lastly, there is a community of realtors that I highly recommend you take advantage of. So what does that end up looking like? Well, a realtor deals solely and specifically with people buying a home, right? I know that seemed obvious, right? But think about it. And you want to work in homes. They probably are the most parallel professional to what you do outside of an architect or a contractor. So every single one of their clients is your demographic, is a potential client for you. So now you may be saying, but Renee, I don't have any skills to offer. Well, you might have some. And again, if you have none, I would do projects in your own home or establish a relationship with a realtor and say that. Say, I am new to this. I am trying to build my experience. Tell me what your clients are looking for and see if I can help solve some of their problems. You will likely be surprised at what the realtors are saying. Now, obviously, not every realtor is going to want to meet with someone who then claims they have no experience in the field in which they want more experience. I get that. But there will be some who do. Realtors pride themselves on having a personal list of referrals in all of the trades that go into a home. And if you can become one of those referrals, that is gold. So if you have some experience, right, you're doing projects in your own home, then that's what you market. You say, I'd like the opportunity to work with your clients to help them with refinishing their floors, painting their walls, and possibly changing out light fixtures. That is a really, truly common thing that new home buyers are looking for. They know, and you've heard this before from me, that refinishing wood floors or adding wood floors in carpeted areas is something you do before you move in. So they are looking for a very small scope of work, right? Floors, paint, and change out light fixtures. So that means you need to have access to a decent flooring company, a decent painter, and an electrician. And chances are that realtor also has those same trades. And perhaps her client works full-time and doesn't have the time to manage it themselves. I have realtor friends who they will manage for their clients. And they say, oh, thank God I don't have to do that. It's not something I'm being paid for. It's not something I'm totally comfortable doing. I want someone trained. I want someone with experience to do it for me. Boom. There's your way in. That's how you're going to learn. Now, if you say, well, I don't want to just do that for the rest of my career. Well, of course not. And or if you do, that's fantastic and probably a pretty successful business model because it's in and out fast turnover onto the next one. Just saying. But that is an opportunity for you to meet other trades. The realtor will learn to trust you and bring you into projects that have a larger scope Perhaps you can lean on her referrals for a plumber or an electrician. 
I'll bet she has someone that she trusts because she's used over and over again prior to knowing you. So realtors really do offer a world of possibilities to get your feet wet and also to then grow. And again, every one of their clients is a potential client for you. I don't know too many other professions where that's true each and every time. So realtors really are an avenue that I want designers listening of all skill sets to pursue. Now, if you have a lot more experience, great. Then you have even more to offer to this realtor. And that makes a realtor look great, right? That makes the realtor shine in her client's eyes and everybody wins. You end up doing a great job. The client tells the realtor how thrilled they are. That realtor is going to keep you top of mind for the next home buyer asking for assistance. And the pipeline just keeps building from there. Another thing that I'd like all of you all to consider, and frankly, something I didn't do well in the beginning, is to talk about your work. I was trained in New York City, very well-known firms, and we were all instructed to never discuss our work outside of the office. It just was prohibited. And that was ingrained in me for years. And so when I moved back to Delaware, started my own company, it just didn't come naturally to talk about my work. Now, everybody who knew me, knew what I did for a living, they basically thought, I decorated all day, every day. And of course, as you all know, I do decorate. I do enjoy decorating. And I never discussed the construction management side. And I don't really know why, other than I believe I was just used to never talking about my work. And that held me back. And I don't want it to hold you all back. So I want you to talk about your projects. Now, of course, there's always going to be privacy issues. You know, I'm not saying you want to you know, go to the PTA meeting and talk about Sam Jones's you know, latest kitchen renovation and how much he's spending and all the problems that are going on. And I know you're laughing listening to me, but I feel obligated to say that. I mean, there is that level of privacy that should be automatic with every client. And so I don't discuss the names. I actually, because of the small town I live in, I'm very careful about even describing where the house is because I've been caught a few times where they say, oh, wait, isn't that so-and-so's house? And you're going, damn it. I didn't mean to you know, let that out. Now, if my clients tell people and then they come to me and say, hey, you know, Sam Jones told me you're doing his kitchen, Great. Then I'm a little bit more free to discuss it. And of course, would never discuss costs of anything or scope of work, but just generic broad terms. But the kind of talking I am speaking about is I want you to be telling people that you help clients refinish their floors, pick out their paint colors, manage the painters, discuss the sheen levels, change out the light fixtures work on the switching plan, that's the kind of level that I want you to be discussing. So it's high level, but it's, I can guarantee you, nothing they're going to expect you saying once you say, I'm an interior designer. They're only going to be expecting you to talk about decorating. And that's the difference. You want to share enough about what you do so that they are remembering, oh, wait a minute, Renee does this. Oh, you know what? This friend is just talking about a renovation. And she feels really overwhelmed. I wonder if Renee could help her. 
So that is how you're going to get marketing that you don't need to manage, right? You just need to put out your skill sets and allow the conversations to take place, right? The other things I'll hear are, hey, I didn't know you did that. Do you know my friend blankety blank? He is a master plumber and blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten great referrals that way, especially when I'm looking going, you know what? I only have one plumber. I'd really love to have another plumber that I can trust because I've got too much work and my one plumber can't handle it all. So when you start talking about what you do, it is fascinating and really fulfilling to see what you can gain from that because it's not just work. It's going to be resources. It's going to be experiences. It's going to be vendors. You will be stunned at what comes back once you start describing this. The one thing I do want to go back and say is I discussed my experiences early on where I worked for design firms and then also noted that a lot of design firms aren't large enough to employ multiple people. But what I have seen lately, and I think is really interesting, is some of these mid-sized construction companies have a showroom. Not necessarily a big one. One in particular I'm thinking of, they're representing two different cabinet makers. So the front of their office space is fit out like, um, you know, pantries and wet bars and kitchens and things like that so that clients can come in, look at the quality of the cabinetry and feel comfortable investing in one of them. And what I find so interesting is those contractors that are doing that typically hire a designer to help manage that aspect of it. And so that designer not only helps sell the cabinetry and the finishes, but the conversation naturally goes on to the countertops, if it's a kitchen, or the faucets and plumbing, if it's a bathroom and or kitchen. And that is an opportunity to learn a lot about the business from the construction side. And while I have no personal experience doing it, I have a feeling it's a pretty valuable one. And so if you live in an area with smaller design firms that won't have the opportunities that I'm speaking about, go and search out mid-sized construction companies that focus on high-end residential work and see what they have to offer as far as, say, showroom staff or support staff so that you can be learning the trade, learning the skills that you need in order to go out on your own and be offering this type of service to your clients. So as you can see, there are a ton of things that you can be doing to build these skills and your confidence so that when you do projects for clients, you will feel successful in the end and also not have that anxiety attack every single day worrying you're going to screw something up because I know those feelings and they are not something you want to experience day in and day out. Because remember, some of these projects last weeks, months, years, and it is definitely not something that's sustainable if you're literally having an anxiety attack each and every time you have to work on that project. And then that's the reason I built the course, Renovation Management for Interior Designers. It does walk you through every step from the beginning to the end of every renovation project. It is exactly what I do for each client that hires me. It is how I keep my sanity in check, and it is how I manage smooth and successful projects. It literally is the roadmap 
from the minute you get hired to the minute you are popping champagne in the end with the punch list that's completed. So that is another way that you can boost that knowledge. So if you have some practical knowledge physically on job sites, my course would be an amazing supplement to that so that you can see the behind the scenes of how a project is managed and why I'm so humbled by all of you who are taking the course and giving me the feedback that it does bring clarity, has actionable steps that can be implemented immediately and boosts knowledge and confidence along the way. There is no better compliment I can hear than that. So I want designers listening to not fear the unknowns on a job site. It doesn't have to be that way. There are opportunities that we just discussed today to build that knowledge. There's my course that takes you from start to finish, utilizing actionable steps and following the roadmap that I use on every project that I manage. So as always, there's a lot we went over today. If this leaves you with more questions than answers, please reach out to me. Like I said in the beginning, I really do enjoy interacting with all of you, hearing what you guys are up to, hearing the projects that you're on, hearing about the projects you want to get. And that's what this is all about. So I can't thank you enough for your time today. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.